Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. It was just one week ago that President Donald Trump and Vice President Joe Biden met in what was easily the ugliest televised presidential debate in the history of the United States. And I know we're all eager to forget it, but there was this one moment that's worth revisiting. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and white, like supremacists. Me to white supremacists and right proud boys. White supremacists and right boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right... President Trump didn't just fail to denounce the Proud Boys, he emboldened them, which is really scary if you know who the Proud Boys are. And if you don't, Jane Coaston is here. She covers conservatism and far-right groups for Vox. But before we start, just a heads up that the Proud Boys are a group of racist misogynists who say all sorts of hateful things you might not want to hear. We will begin after something we all do want to hear, the sound of two boys I'm very proud of, my buddy Roshan playing with his beautiful baby boy, Neem. All right. Deep breath, and here we go. So the Proud Boys are essentially a far-right street fighting group. Hmm. And they were founded by one of the founders of Vice. Like Vice, like Vice on like HBO, Vice like Vice News? Oh yes, Vice like Vice on HBO. Gavin McInnes, who he founded Voice of Montreal, which later became Vice Media. He founded that in the early 90s. In the early 2000s, Vice used to be very much of like, everything's very ironic, and actually all of our racism is extremely ironic, and you know, only people who are not getting it are taking it seriously. What kind of racism w- or are we talking about here? What was he promoting? So he, for instance, told the New York Times, I love being white and think it's something to be very proud of. My son, for example, I was thinking about the other day, he was watching some documentary about Chippequa, I forget, Chappaquin. Those monkeys that are the most like us, they're the most human acting apes. Chappaquin, I can't remember. Anyway, my son's watching it, and <clears throat> he's eating popcorn, and he thinks he recognizes one of them from another movie. And he goes, oh, I, I like this. He kind of has a bit of a lift. And he goes, oh, I like this monkey actress. <laughs> Which is what I said when Jada Pinkett Smith did her video about the Oscars. It's challenging because, again, so much of this has been cast within this veil of irony Hmm. that anything he says can be posited as either, you know, you have to take it super seriously or he's joking. Um, And so many people took it as he was joking and then later started to think, hey, hang on a second. 
And that's because after he leaves Vice Media in 2008, he moves to what he called the New Right, which is essentially this idea of Western chauvinism and a concept of social libertinism. For instance, he wrote a lot in the um, early 2010s about how he wanted to totally defile the women he sleeps with and how women want to be abused. Oh, no. And he started working later for a Canadian uh, far-right outlet called Rebel Media, in which he made a video called 10 Things I Hate About Jews. Oh, no. And then when he got criticism for that, uh, he would later tweet... 10 things I hate about the goddamn motherfucking Jews. Oh, no. And so then he gets a lot of support from, you can have guessed it, a lot of racists. So he's written for a bunch of quote-unquote racial realist uh, organizations, including V-Dare and American Renaissance. And he's gotten a lot of support from well-known racists like David Duke uh, for his outright anti-Semitism. Hmm. And so... A lot of this is his entire concept that there's a war on masculinity, which apparently he will take on by complaining a lot. So he'll complain about uh, commercials that have too many interracial couples, as if there's a correct number of interracial couples to have in an advertisement, or commercials that show, quote, emasculated men. His real sense is that there is a belittling in the mainstream media of white men. Okay, so provocative, bigot Canadian who works in alternative indie and later fringe media is putting out lots of hatred and toxicity for years. What does he do next? He created the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys, again, going with this veil of jokey irony. Proud of your boy. I'll make you proud of your boy. It started out as a joke. The song, Proud of Your Boy, which comes from the Disney Aladdin musical, helped to inspire the name. I've wasted time. I've wasted me. So say I'm slow for my age, late bloomer, okay, I agree. And so the entire concept, as Gavin McInnes explained in 2016, was that this is a group of people, a Western chauvinist who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. They want to be part of the days where girls were girls and men were men. And there are multiple levels to become a proud boy. Levels. And I would like to note here that this is all going to sound weird. Part of this entire thing of wrapping it in jokey irony is that when you try to take it seriously, you sound like an idiot. Mom, I will try to, try hard to make you. So there is um, four levels to become a proud boy. The first is to declare yourself a proud boy. The second is to swear off masturbation. So they're Catholic? No. It's masturbation gets you distracted from you know, the things you should be paying attention to, like being angry about how many interracial couples there are in advertisements. Ah. That is combined with a serial beat-in. So if you want into the group, you have to get beaten up by while successfully reciting the names of five breakfast cereals. Are you joking? I regret to tell you, not joking. And you can, people can search on the internet. Please, God, don't do this. Uh, There are videos of people getting beaten up by reciting these names because, and I quote, 
Defending the West against the people who want to shut it down is like remembering cereals as you're being bombarded with ten fists. So they they beat people as they re- recall serial names to like prepare them to initiate them. Yes, yes, that is what happens. So that is the level two. Uh, level three is to get a Prad Boys tattoo. But the fourth level, and I think what gets into what the actual point of this group is, is you have to get into a fight for the cause. The Proud Boys have perhaps become best known before the debate for this violence. The point of the Proud Boys is to attract counter-protesters who they will then fight. All they do is exist to create events purely to attract counter-protesters. Because if you provoke counter-protesters, you can feed a victimization narrative. Hmm. That is what they want. They want to fight people. They want to use violence. How does this go from, like, one Canadian who says provocative and misogynistic and racist things in, in various, like, indie hipster media, like, 15 years ago to an organization that's out on the streets in 2020 wreaking havoc. The internet, the public Facebook group for the Proud Boys, which I believe has since been removed, has thousands of members. There are, you know, Proud Boy organizations online that were in which you could kind of create a local chapter of the Proud Boys. And the entire point, again, is to draw viewers and draw sympathy online. So even these street fights that take place where the Proud Boys might be vastly outnumbered by Antifa or nothing will actually happen until a Proud Boy will instigate something in which to get that victimization narrative. And then they can get a lot more support online by basically saying that we're the last bastion against whatever you want it to be. Proud Boys were at the Unite the Right rally in 2017. Um, There have been meetups and chapters in cities across the country. They rely a lot on attention. For instance, being able to put themselves as being, you know, the entity that's standing up against Antifa, especially in, in, in fights that they themselves are creating. That's what this is about. It's about creating a effective online narrative while also getting to punch people in the face. That's what they want. What happened after the debate, after the break? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year 
at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. This week on The Pitch, we're back to pitches. And this one's coming from my job. What Podcast AI does is it lets podcast producers become 10 times more productive. How much are you charging the pitch? (laughs) We're charging $99, and Josh came in right before we doubled our prices. Mm -hmm. What's keeping something like a restream from just going like, yep, we do all this AI now stuff too? So there's a lot of these older companies that are tacking on AI, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the issue. They're tacking it on. You built this really quickly. What's to stop anybody else from doing this? What's what's the moat? How do you build a moat when you're building with AI? That's this week on The Pitch. Go right now and subscribe to The Pitch wherever you listen to podcasts. Jane, how do the Proud Boys end up being on the debate stage with Joe Biden and President Donald Trump a week ago? I think because they represent the support for militia groups that has been so implicit among swaths of the right. The idea that if the left has Antifa, and this is, again, in the view of the right, then the right needs something to fight back against them. And that's actually been, you know, that really plays into the Proud Boys narrative, despite the fact that the Proud Boys will fight basically anyone and have instigated fights themselves. And so it comes up at the debate because Joe Biden suggests that Trump condemn the Proud Boys. And instead, Trump plays exactly into what the Proud Boys want. He says, Proud Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. This is a left-wing. This is a left-wing problem. And... He later said that he meant that the group should stand down and let law enforcement do their jobs and then denied knowing who they were, which seemed odd because not only does, should Trump probably be aware of this group, but also Roger Stone, Trump's one-time ally and um, subject of a recent presidential pardon, joined the Proud Boys. Oh, they're, they're taking convicted felons? Yeah, by saying that he was in support, there is no word yet as to whether or not he's gotten into a fist fight over the Proud Boys. But, you know, maybe. Why is it that Joe Biden brought them up specifically? I think that because that they are a group that people had heard of. Um, I think that uh, or that he had heard of, especially in connection with violence. Uh, there had been a people associated with the Proud Boys And I think that that was a name that just happened to be top of mind because I think that Proud Boys generally threaten to show up anywhere where they think or where they believe opportunity can strike. In in Portland and in Seattle, you saw Proud Boys showing up. I mean, there are lots of other people that you could think of. But I think especially if your concern is street violence. If you're Joe Biden and you're running on being reasonable and calm, the Proud Boys are the exact opposite of that. The reason why I say there's a war coming is because if Trump wins, Black Lives Matter and all them other Antifa dumbasses are going to try to start war. We ready. Don't worry. We, we ready. Us rednecks and stuff, we ready for y'all. 
But our body wins. We coming. And we coming strong. So what effect did it have when the president told this extraordinarily racist, chaos-causing, misogynistic, hateful group of basically, what, internet trolls to stand down and stand by? I mean, they responded by saying that that's awesome and thank you. On Telegram, a group leader wrote, standing down and standing by, sir. Also, a new logo with the president's words appear. They responded passionately and with tremendous enthusiasm. So they see this as a call to arms. Is there a risk here that the amount of attention that was drawn to them at the presidential debate actually ends up like boosting their numbers, that it's a boon to the Proud Boys? I think that it could be a boon to support for the Proud Boys. I think that the actual joining of the Proud Boys, because, again, most people don't themselves want to fight people on the streets. I think that the ideological support could be a boost, but I think the actual membership, that is going to be itself a challenge. Keep in mind that to get past being a first-level Proud Boy requires getting beaten up, a tattoo, and then beating up somebody else. Do we know how many Proud Boys are out there at this point? We do not. Again, because a lot of the people who are talking about Proud Boys are people who are either wanting to overplay it for their own purposes or underplay it. There are not that many Proud Boys, but there are now more people than ever who have heard of the Proud Boys. So, like, we're talking about hundreds of Proud Boys, thousands, tens of I thousands? Say, I would say not thousands. I would say probably hundreds. Okay, so this isn't something... Despite being brought up at a presidential debate, this isn't something that we need to worry about in this country, that some sort of militia of dunces is going to be pouring into the streets at any moment? I don't think so, but I think that the support that these groups are getting, especially though because so much of that support is tangential, I think that that is concerning. Because while people may not want to get into violent actions themselves— they, in some ways, want someone else to on their behalf. Does that mean the best antidote to the Proud Boys is to just ignore them? Yes. If they were doing an event that is supposed to make you want to yell at them, don't yell at them. If the Proud Boys could not gain any attention from do, by doing absolutely anything, I would say that that would be a real win for everyone, including society. <laughs> Jane Coaston. You can hear more from Jane on the Weeds podcast where she's a co-host. It's obvious from our conversation with Jane that the Proud Boys mostly hang out online, on social media, but one thing that ended up on the cutting room floor is that there's been a number of homophobic incidents with the Proud Boys. They haven't been very kind to the gay community, but in the vein of another win for everyone, including society, there was one this weekend. In the wake of the debate, gay couples took over the Proud Boys hashtag and flooded it with photos of themselves kissing and hugging and caressing and just being gloriously gay. There's something to be proud of. I'm Sean Ramos for him. It's Today Explained. Beep, 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 beep,
<laughs> so shy. <laughs> la 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 la